You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick from Fifth Quarter ACC. Nick's in a great mood, but under the weather, Micah feels great, but is in a terrible mood. One team won, one other guy's team lost, both in the most stupid ways possible. His team winning in a stupid way, my team losing in a stupid way. Um, we didn't do a preview. We apologize for that. Um, Nick and I's travel plans for the holidays, a.k.a. more my travel plans for the holidays, just didn't really match up. I went to Muncie, Indiana on Tuesday for some action and was just traveling all around, had a lot of stuff to do. I'm actually uh, not trying to jinx it, but I'm actually interviewing right now for an, an ACC school uh, to do what my profession is in. So I had one of those during one of the times Nick actually wanted to talk uh, or do record. So, you know, things have been a little crazy for us. So we apologize. And by the time we probably could have done it, it would have been like six hours before kickoff on Friday's games. So it had been kind of pointless. So, uh, we apologize for not previewing it, but it probably been the same old stuff. Micah hating on Virginia, Nick freaking out about NC State. So you guys didn't miss much, let's be honest. Uh, but you'll get our great reactions on the review of that weekend while also talking some college football playoffs. Um, Virginia Tech's got a head coach now, so uh, you'll get the Virginia fans' opinion of that. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, maybe talk about maybe some dominoes. Obviously, Coach Cutcliffe is out at Duke, so talking that as well. But, uh Nick, how, how are you doing? How are things? And uh, let's go, I guess. <laughs> yeah, dude, I missed you. I missed everybody. Uh, it's apologize again. I mean, I, I unfortunately had to do some other work things on Wednesday, uh, like late afternoon. And, you know, our things didn't get matched up. My sisters came home for Thanksgiving. So my dad did a huge dinner the night before. Um so yeah, it's just what happens. Life gets in the way, but I'm all right. Um, happy with the win, uh, but the weekend is certainly catching up with me because I will. I I could not sleep last night because every time I swallowed, it felt like knives were going down my throat. So I'm a bit under the weather. With I I want to say it's the combination of tailgating uh in the late afternoon when it's like 33 degrees and then the next night was my sister's 21st so my brother and i took her out the next night in downtown raleigh didn't get home till 2 a.m so the weekend's suddenly catching up with me but other than that i had a great thanksgiving i hope you did too i hope everybody did um but man we have a lot to talk about today we got the games rivalry week the insane coaching carousel that's going on like right now as we speak uh players transferring going to the portal the top 25 just came out so it's going to be a very fun podcast we're gonna i guess see where it goes we don't really have a plan i guess we want to start with the games first and how everyone did this season and then just go from there and see what it is and we got one twitter question from our um best friend uh uh pit fan aiden and a uh, shout out to the people that dm'd us on our twitter account wishing us a happy thanksgiving that was very nice so hope you all had a happy thanksgiving but micah where do we want to start hmm. let's you know what let's let's talk the games i think we do it just a little differently though nick i don't think we should go too deep into it because let's be honest season four. uh not over over but we got this whole bowl games to kind of figure some stuff out I think we should kind of just talk games, kind of highlight them, but let's not um, let's not do our normal spiel because what's the point? Not what's the point, but you know when we do that, we're like, well, we'll see what we get next week. Well, some of these teams we won't see anymore next week. 
or the week or the week after that until 2022 rolls around. So let's just hop right into it. I mean, you mentioned it Friday, NC State, North Carolina. I chose the Raptors to go to ECU, Cincinnati. I'm glad I went. I learned that ECU is honestly an awesome fan base. Um, Nick, you you ready for uh, you ready for me to piss off North Carolina fans? You ready for this? Ready for a hot take? Uh, ECU football has fans, a better atmosphere. ECU football fans are better football fans than UNC. That's not a hot take at all. That, that it is that's the UNC fact. fans. It is the UNC fans. But yeah, if I have to rank ACC fans, I'm going. And this is not based off numbers. This is based off true investment from the fans that are inside the stadium. One NC State, ECU two. Wake Forest, three, UNC, four, Duke, five. Actually, Charlotte, five, Duke, six. No, sorry. Every team, Guilford College, six, Duke, seven. Dude, don't forget about App. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can't forget about App, but I, I can't give them level on the podcast. Let's be honest. But, yes, no, yeah. App, App. I was thinking about that because I've been to App. I think app has a better just experience because like just the beauty of, you know, the Appalachian mountains and Boone makes it a better time, but Greenville, that was one of the more underrated stadiums I've ever been to. Like it was a very nice stadium. Atmosphere was great. I mean, again, it wasn't sold out, but it was loud. People were tailgating all day. Uh, I went to this place called Cubbies for lunch, incredible spot to eat. Um, you know, it was a really nice town and getting into Greenville kind of sucks, but it's definitely yeah. nice town. So shout out ECU. Um, friend of mine that works at the Military Bowl hinted at me that ECU is either going to be playing UNC or Virginia Tech in the Military Bowl. Uh, oh, I hope it's UNC. So I hope it's UNC too, but at the same time, I wouldn't mind Virginia Tech because I will say ECU gained a fan this week. So I definitely could pull for ECU uh, in the Military Bowl for that one. So. Um, so anyways, I was there on Friday. Nick, of course, was at NC State for the first time in my life. I told Nick this previously. I drove by a stadium with a game and didn't attend it. It was actually hitting halftime when I drove by Carter Finley because uh, we left with like four minutes left in the ECU games because we had a three and a half hour drive back to Virginia. Shout out to fifth quarter UVA's runner Jay for being my Uber ride to the game. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we watched all the second half of UNC, NC State in the car. Um, almost to the point where we actually almost hit a deer on a back road <laughs> in North Carolina because that was right when the uh, Hail Mary was happening. So we kind of got distracted with that. And it, my, my, my phone literally froze with the ball, like looking like it's in a receiver's hands. Like it was like right there. <laughs> what is happening? And like, we didn't find out till 10 minutes later when we gained service and won. And our heart is racing because we almost, you know, whacked a deer on the road. Hopefully my mom doesn't listen to this because she'd be pissed. But, um, you know, Sounds like it was an incredible game. Um, you know, I tweeted out, obviously, on my personal page uh, that I thought Nick I hope, that hopefully Nick was not dying because NC State was trying to kill him. Um, I think that's why you're sick, Nick, is like your body was like having so much adrenaline pumping that like your body just said, fuck it. Like we're, we, as long as we survive Friday and Saturday night, like who cares if I'm dead the rest of the next week? So that was kind of the, the whole. So worth it. So, you know, that is something that I thought was huge. Um, but I mean, I don't want to break down the game too much, but holy hell, UNC, what a way to lose. Like, I, I, I can't believe it. Like as a Virginia fan, I thought we had the most disappointing game on the week, but we really did it. Like if you're a UNC fan, you're probably more frustrated than Virginia fans are. We threw to a fucking offensive lineman on third and like third and goal, basically with a minute left in the game. So shout out to UNC for, uh, 
for choking. Uh, but also shout out to NC Stan. I mean, that was the definition of like big dick energy with that Devin Leary to a Mecca Mezzi to make it a was it a three point game, four point, whatever it was. That, two point, yeah. Two point game. I mean, that was just like that was ballsy. I mean, that's just making a play. Like anyone that wants to say that was on UNC, no, that's a hundred percent a will play. Mecca Mezzi just gave every ounce of speed he had to burn. I think it was, was it, was a storm duck that was on in most of the game. I think it was storm duck. That was on. Mm-hmm. That's who we beat there. I mean, just incredible job. And also just credit to NC state because I felt like there were a lot of times UNC was going to pull away and NC state never left them. That defense just kept them in the game. And, you know, the last five minutes, they were the best team on the field and by far the best team on the field. So honestly, just credit to NC state there and make anything you want to add to the, to the listeners that, on your experience, experiencing Carter Finley during that heart attack. Oh, my God. That was wild. That was one of the best college football games I've ever been to. Um, Just what a hell hell of a game for NZ State to come back against your rivals. I mean, everyone knew that this was going to be a close game. I don't care how, you know, disappointing UNC has been this year. It's a rivalry game. There's still a lot of talent on that team. Um they like to refer to us as little brother and we're going to come out and punch you in the mouth. And they did state never, ever gave up even when, I mean, I think one of the turning moments that I think is overlooked in that game was forcing UNC to kick a field goal to make it 27, 21. They were down to the five yard line or something. And we made it fourth and goal. I mean, great plays by our safeties, great plays by our corners, knocking the ball out, causing Sam to scramble, holding him uh, when he was trying to score with his feet. I think that was one of the biggest uh, sequences that happened that kept us in the game. And then the 50-yard field goal happened. I'm sorry, 50-yard and one-inch field goal happened. I cannot believe how close that field goal was. Um, and I, I don't know how to explain it. They never gave up. They didn't quit, um, blown coverage by UNC and Mecca scores, make it 30 to 28. Um, and that point, some people were already walking out. I was like, okay, but we still got to get the onside kick. And we all know what happened against Wake Forest. And I was having flashbacks. I was just thinking like, oh my God, do I have to go through another onside kick in person again and this time it's against unc and i don't know something was written in the stars when chris dunn got the onside kick that we're gonna win this game if we didn't get it against wake we're most certainly gonna get it against chapel hill and what a play call i mean even the announcer on tv when state got it down to the 30 everyone was expecting run the ball and Devin just dropped his dick right on the field. It's like, hey, go get this, Emeka, and touchdown. That was great. Um, and you know what? Shout out to Christopher Dunn because he's had a rough season. He missed a lot of key field goals, especially against the Clemson in the Clemson game, uh, missing field goals in the Wake game. But to recover your own onside kick to give us life again, I mean, I think that's huge for him. I think that's one of the most underrated parts of NC State's season is Christopher Dunn having a huge uh, comeback in that. Um, 
And what's great to know is that Sam Howell's going to finish off his college career if he doesn't play in the bowl game with an interception and Carter Finley. Uh, great atmosphere, great game. At the, the stadium was sold out. Um, everyone came back as soon as, you know, we made it close again, which was great. And I got to storm the field. And I never stormed the field before. Shout out to my sister who got to storm the field twice this year. Uh, that was awesome. Um, might have been a bad look, but you know what? It's college. There are a bunch of kids. It's rivalry week. It's senior night. And at the time, we still had a, a chance to go to the ACC championship. We win this game. It's like, okay, our chances are great. Well, let's see what happens to Wake. There was still a spot on the line. So, hell yeah, they're going to celebrate. It's awesome. Um, great atmosphere. Great game. I'm so happy that they won. Uh, Devin played out of his mind last, or on Friday night. Uh, and I love you, Carter Finley. I mean, you are the best stadium. You have the best atmosphere, the best fans. Um, I missed it so much, and I'm glad I got to see an undefeated home season um, at the last game against UNC. So that's all I kind of got. Um, I said uh, to go recap, like, or to talk about, like, uh, in the beginning of when we started this, Micah, where NC State would finish. I said, you know what? They got to get nine wins, and they did. And you could argue that they could have gotten 11 wins, maybe 12 if they don't, you know, screw around with Mississippi State and not put some stupid plays on on offense. They lost to Miami and Wake by a total of four points. Could easily be 11-1. But you know what? I'll take 9-3. and three. I'll take a season where we beat Clemson, Florida State, and UNC all in the same year. So great season. I loved it. Good. I mean, I'm glad your uh, rivalry panned out well. Um, I guess I'll move it on to mine. Mine did not pan out as well. I, of course, was in attendance Saturday for Virginia and Virginia Tech. Um, yeah, we threw to a lineman. Now, I don't know if she listens, but I actually had a wonderful phone conversation today with Savannah Touje, uh, Coach Touje's daughter. Uh, absolutely fantastic. She's one of the most knowledgeable people ever. And she's super down to earth. Like the fact that a coach's daughter is interacting with fans on Twitter, super cool. And she gave me some insight and, and rightfully so it was true. Virginia Tech decided to drop into cover two of all times against in that play where Virginia had always had basically been playing Virginia man coverage all game, which was kind of, to be honest with you. But anyways, I digress. Virginia decides to do some stupid stuff, but if you're talking about having flashbacks, man, that was the Virginia game in a nutshell. The only thing that, was different was I thought maybe we were having a 2018 role reversal because Virginia Tech, you know, was dominating Virginia in the first half. Virginia came back, took the lead, and then Virginia had a chance to seal it, and then they turned the ball over, and then Virginia Tech scores to tie it. Well, Virginia Tech did the same thing right before Virginia's drive down to the red zone. It was like, holy crap, maybe the roles had reversed. Well, fortunately, it did not. The monkey is still on Virginia's back. Uh, we cannot break that curse. I mean, if I have to, I'll go, you know, do some straight murdering of chickens and whatever else they have to do, do some voodoos. I mean, if I have to eat some live crickets or whatever, if I have to dance around with a snake, just let me know. Uh, I'll figure out a way to hex the curse. Um, but it was a great game. Atmosphere was good. Um, I I hate to say it, Nick, but I 100% knew Virginia Tech was storming the field from the moment the game started. I have Virginia Tech won because after what happened with Washington State, I don't know if you saw that, Nick, but Virginia Tech fans stormed Virginia's field. Honestly, most disrespectful thing I've ever experienced, but it was actually kind of funny. I'm not going to lie. If Virginia beats Virginia Tech next year in Blacksburg, 
even if I'm the only one doing it, I will be storming the field. So God, I hope that would be the case. I'd be hilarious. I'll, I'll take a, if I have to put on my criminal record that I got arrested for storming a field, I'm, I'm down with it, whatever. But, um, you know, and tough, tough for Virginia, but credit Virginia Tech. I mean, I think, I think the best way to summarize that game was you cannot give a team with nothing or with something to play for. Like, I don't know who wants to hear this. I think Virginia was the better team. It was pretty clear. Virginia was the better team for most of the game because Virginia Tech, like Virginia had to make mistakes to let Virginia Tech really make plays. Now again, Virginia's defense is terrible, but it made Virginia Tech's offense look good. Let's be just completely honest with what it was. Virginia's defense in the first half plays any sort of solid defense. They probably win that game pretty handily. Um, there were points where I thought maybe Virginia had a chance to take, take it away, but Virginia had gave, they let Virginia Tech hang around and hang around and hang around. And when a team is playing for pride in a bowl game and they know the history is on their side, all, all hell is going to break loose. And I want to give Virginia Tech some credit. I hate to say this. It's not a shot at Virginia. Virginia has the whole beat tech mantra on their wall and all this shit. You know what? All that saying one thing and not doing another is not cutting it anymore. Virginia Tech gives a shit about this, right? Like Virginia Tech is six and six, just like Virginia. But because they won the rivalry, everything is not good in Blacksburg, but everybody's content. They actually care about this rivalry because they understand that being the best team in the Commonwealth means something. Virginia has just not been able to do that. And it's been one of the most frustrating things. So credit to Virginia Tech. We'll talk about their coaching hire in a minute. As a Virginia fan, I'll just give you a quick sneak peek. I'm not thrilled about it. And I should tell every Virginia Tech fan that they should be excited. So um, anyways, good win there. Let's quickly just summarize three of the SEC games in about 10 seconds. Fuck you, Florida State, Georgia Tech, and Louisville, especially Louisville. What? Especially Louisville. What was that? What the that? hell? I, I, I didn't want to talk about the game because that game was so fucking bad. That was awful. Like oh, they are, they are my losers of the week. Yeah, that talk, was talk about so talk about monkeys off their back. I mean, yeah, they've beaten Kentucky more often than Virginia has, but I mean, Louisville does the same shit Virginia does in their rivalry game. I mean, good God Almighty, they made Will Levis look good. How do you make Will Levis look good? Will Levis outperformed Malik Cunningham. Nick, 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 I wasn't kidding when I said you and I could line up under center and probably produce the same type of results that Will Levis does. Yet here we are, Malik Cunningham, like, Louisville, you do realize that you didn't have to drop a 70 bomb on Duke. You could have saved some of that shit for Kentucky. My God, like, Malik Cunningham only had 180 yards of total offense. Will beat him in passing. Pretty good. Like, what the fuck? Will Levis had four rushing touchdowns. He's not. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what to say about that. I watched that game. I'm simply lost for words. That was one of the most. I was riding so high on Louisville. Going into this game, I really thought they were going to take it to Kentucky. I thought Kentucky was overrated. I mean, what the hell happened to Cunningham? How do you let Will Levis outduel you like that? That was straight up embarrassing. I don't know what else to say. I really don't. I thought, okay, Clubs is going to get this win against South Carolina. Uh, Florida, Florida State, that's going to be close. But you know what? I feel really good about Louisville. I think they're going to get it done today. And obviously, I knew Georgia was going to kill Georgia Tech. But 
Wow. How disappointing is that? That is awful. So, so bad. I don't know what else to say. I really don't. You should take away Louisville's bull eligibility after that game. That was awful. Yeah. I was terrible. Florida State just came out. I mean, Florida came ready to play, but Florida State just didn't look great. I mean, Florida is still the better team, but again, and I will say Florida was more motivated than I thought, but still disappointing. Florida State just, they slept well. I think Florida State winning that game thinking that they didn't have to show up to beat Florida. That's not what people were saying. People were saying, if you play the way you've been playing, you'll beat Florida. Not just, I can walk in and beat Florida State and win. That's what happened when you played Jacksonville State. Yeah. What happened? You got your shit rocked. Yeah, so that was frustrating. I agree. I mean, I mean, Georgia Tech just showed no life against Georgia. Don't be wrong. Georgia's very good, so I'm not trying to like come out here and, and say otherwise. But Georgia Tech just like they just put up three points, something, you know. It made like like you could tell Georgia wasn't even trying, and they dropped 45. So again, not promising there. Shout out to Clemson for doing the exact opposite and just telling little brother to shut the fuck up. Oh, we're so good this year. We're South Carolina. Yeah, you guys were leaving by halftime, guys, to a supposedly shitty Clemson offense. I guess you forgot that Clemson has a defense. So shout out to Clemson for that. Um, I mean, DJ, wait, wait, wait. DJ had 99 yards. Like, come on. Yep. What? If DJ put that up against any ACC team, you know it's either close or they're going to lose. Oh, yeah. yeah That's yeah. crazy. The only touchdown that the quarterback accounted for was my guy, Maf- well, I can't even say his name, but the backup. Yeah. Right? No, sorry. Well, no, I lied. Wait. Yeah, sorry. He's a running back. I- I'm too many freshmen. I can't keep track of them all. They all have insane names. Not trying to be offensive, just insane names to me. But yeah, I mean, goodness gracious. Uh, shout out to Pitt for playing like dog shit in the first half, but still being that much better than Syracuse that you were able to, to win the football game. Um, like literally, it took Pitt until midway through the second quarter to realize they actually had a game going on. You know, it wasn't just like a meet and greet with the fans of the Carrier Dome. So, shout out to them for just taking taking it to Syracuse after that moment. Uh, and like winning by 17 while sleepwalking in an ACC game while also preparing for the ACC championship game, pretty impressive. Right now, I'd say Pitt's my favorite to win the ACC. So, shout out to them for that. Um, shout out to Miami for well sending Coach Cutcliffe off in well the most demoralizing way possible. Absolutely smoking Duke and shout out to Wake Forest. Holy hell. I doubted you. I doubted you. I 100% doubted you. And you made Phil Jer- Did you see Phil Jerkovic's numbers on the day, Nick? They were not good. Three of 11 for 19 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Yeah. Like, this is like Wake Forest. You know, you have a shitty defense. You have a shitty defense. You have a shitty defense. You have the worst defense in the country. You're terrible. You're terrible. You're terrible. They have to listen to this podcast. They have to. Because every time we insult them, the next week they come out and they play like Nick Jesus. Like, they balled out against Virginia after we are like, oh, they don't have a defense. They then ball out against Boston College after, like, well, this defense is suspect. Clemson dropped 40-something on them. Like, shout out to you guys, I guess. Like, if Wake Forest plays like this, they're not losing. They're not losing against Pitt, and they're sure as hell, honestly, in my opinion, not even losing to Ole Miss. I, I bet you that this team could beat Ole Miss or Michigan State if they played like this against those teams. I genuinely yeah. – so shout-out to them for that. That was impressive as hell. Um, 
that kind of summarizes the ACC games. If you want to add something, Nick, you can. I thought that was the best way to do it because we still have a lot we want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, as an NC State fan, uh, just a little bit on the Wake game, I mean, after losing to Wake Forest, you look ahead. It's like, okay, we need this to go right, this to go right, this to go right. And every NC State fan will tell you that the thing that they're more worried about is Wake versus Boston College. We could beat Syracuse. Clemson can beat Wake. We could beat Carolina. But can BC really beat Wake? I don't know. And Wake proved a lot of people wrong. Um, just like a quick shout out to them. You know, we talked about Wake Forest and how their schedule was very easy. And you can look up in the middle of October, they could be undefeated. But that back half, that November schedule, Carolina, State, Clemson, BC, they could lose all four and just be an eight and four average team. And be fake, but they did one hell of a job uh, to prove that. I think they proved a lot of haters wrong about that back half of the schedule. You could say, yeah, they should have beaten Carolina. They should have been three and one. You have to go to Death Valley, and you were in it for about three quarters, maybe a little bit less. And you go up to Boston College and just stomp them. You crush NC State's hopes at home. And made their ACC championship hopes so bleak, you can't even see. So, shout out to Wake. That was awesome. Proved a lot of people wrong. Um, and they're going to back to the ACC championship in Charlotte. I think we'll do a different podcast and talk, preview the Pitt-Wake game for uh, in Charlotte. But that's all I really got to say. Shout out to Wake. That was an impressive way to end the season where people were starting to doubt you. Um they bounced back, and that's all pretty much I got to say. I mean, rivalry week was great. There were some great other games, too. I mean, obviously, Michigan-Ohio State was awesome. Uh, Bedlam was fantastic. And the Iron Bowl, I mean, amazing, although I hate the overtime rule. Um, all three primetime games were awesome. So one of the best rivalry weeks, one of the best ACC weeks, I think. That was really fun. Um and I think we definitely had one of the best games uh, of the week with NC State Carolina. I mean, the way we, the way NC State Carolina just kicked off rivalry week was awesome. So that's all I pretty much got to say on the week. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess where should we go next, Nick? Should we talk coaching or should we talk rankings? I say we go coaching. Yeah, a lot's happened in coaching, so we can go coaching. All right, let's go coaching. So on the coaching side, uh, Virginia Tech. Well, actually, let's first talk Duke. Letting go of Coach Cutcliffe. Um, not surprising, but surprising, if that makes any sense. Like, I'm definitely surprised that they did it without maybe a farewell send-off, but I'm not – I mean, again, it was it definitely was a mutual thing. Um, I hope that he gets a, a say in the next hire – I don't know who Duke hires next. Like, I think Will Healy is maybe a good option from Charlotte, but I mean, he's not really, you know, that Charlotte hasn't really been all that impressive recently. So you have that argument. You know, I don't think Mike Houston would leave ECU for Duke, to be completely honest with you. I think he can do better than that. Um, I think he's got a lot more going for him, to be honest, at ECU than he does at Duke. Or than he Duke. Um, I mean, I genuinely don't know what, what, they can do there but would love to see something done right but I guess 
Jacob, do you have any ideas? Like any, was there someone that you think Duke should maybe go after? You know, the only name I've heard, and I just got back from the radio station. We talked about Duke a little bit. The only name I heard was really Will Healy. Other than that, Duke is in a very tough situation, especially with all these big names going around and the coaching carousel across the, the nation. So that's the only name I heard. And I, I agree with you. I don't see Will Healy leaving uh, UNC Charlotte because A, Charlotte is kind of in a weird place. We, they start off hot basically by beating Duke. And it was like, okay, Will Healy is going to be out of Charlotte. But then he said, no, I want to stay. I want to help build this program. And now I don't feel like he deserves to go anywhere else. I think he should stay where he's at. But I will credit, I'll, I'll give Duke this much credit. David Cutcliffe turned that program around and made them relevant, especially, you know, six, five years ago. They were getting top 25 votes, they were in it. They played a great bowl game against Texas A&M and Johnny Manziel. No one can forget that game. Uh, they had a great run with Cutcliffe, and he turned that program into something. Um, and they didn't let him go in the middle of the season like TCU did with Gary Patterson, someone who's built TCU, helped them get to the Big 12, made them relevant, Played in a New Year's Six Bowl and won, I think. Um, and they just let him go in the middle of the season. That's just, I don't know, kind of unfair. Uh, kind of a stab in the back. And I'm really glad Duke didn't do that because Cutcliffe made them relevant. And that's all I pretty much got to say. The Who they get as a coach is a big mystery. I really don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess, I mean, in a way, like, I mean, Duke needs a, a Dave Clawson type is really what they need. Um, I don't know who Duke could truly get to, to want to go back. I mean, it'll definitely be tough. I, mean, I think that they, but Duke can find somebody. I really do. I just wonder again, like, people see the investment of football and are they going to really like what will draw you away? Like, and like normally you talk about a power five job in the state, you go, yeah, let's find the, the good G five programs. I'd rather be at app. I'd rather be at ECU. I mean, I would almost say I'd rather be at Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte beat them. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, in terms of the investment of the program, I could almost rather be at Charlotte. So it'll be interesting to say the least, kind of what moves forward for Duke. Um, you know, we'll definitely have to keep an eye on that one. Um, before we talk Virginia Technic, I just want to hear your thoughts. Keep hearing Dave Doran's name getting thrown around. Like he's someone that could be poached. I just don't know. I mean, who would not that Dave Doran doesn't deserve to have his name thrown around, but who would who would do the poaching for Dave Doran? I guess is the question. I mean. I would like to think that Dave Doran's safe. Like as an NC State fan, you're not concerned about him leaving, right? No, that's actually the first I heard of it. And it's weird how you bring that up because, like, four minutes left to go in the game, we were like, dude, I think Doran's got to go. If we can't beat Carolina and Wake and they're going to run the state and then they pulled it out of their ass and won and now you look at the record and who they actually beat this season, Dave Doran is, like, 
you know, might receive some votes for coach of the year. Do I think he's going to win it? No, I think Clawson's probably going to win it. Uh, but no, that's the first I heard of that. I, I, I'm not concerned of Dave Doran leaving NC state for another job. I, I would put more money on him. Like, I don't think it's going to happen because they won, but I would, if let's say state lost, I would put more money that he would be fired from NC state than just picking up and leaving to go to a, another program. So uh, that's the first I've heard of that. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it, I kind of heard it more for like Virginia tech and stuff, but like you think about the dominoes, I mean, like there's a, here, here's why. This is why I heard this. This is, is if, if, well, there's a lot of is's right there. If Josh Heupel goes to Oklahoma, then Tennessee would be open. And that was like people were throwing names around for Tennessee, and Dave Doran was a name mentioned for Tennessee. So that's where I heard it first. And I've heard it kind of elsewhere. It's more of a domino. Like, like of the openings right now, it doesn't make any sense, but those openings got to be filled by somebody, right? So. Mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely interesting to say the least. I mean, I, I think, again, like, I'm not an NC State fan, but I really do think the NC State program is one of the tops in the ACC. So I think he's in a good spot. I don't know why he would leave. And, I mean, I'm not – you know, my only – only the only thing I can justify him wanting to leave is maybe just the fact that, you know, NC State doesn't – you know, some of the fan base itself, you know, if they go back to 7-5 and five next year, they're going to call him for his head again. So that's the only reason why I could see him maybe wanting a fresh start is he knows, like, like if he feels like he may have, like, not outdid himself, but this year's team was just way more special than ever before. So now fans are going to expect to contend for the Atlantic every year. And, I mean, I don't, say, I don't think that's a, a terrible idea to feel that way. But if he's him, he's like, hey, like, you know, this is the first time. This is the best, this is the best team he's had because he's been at NC State. I mean, would you agree to that statement? This is the best team he's had. Yeah, this definitely beats the – I think this beats the 2018 team. With they didn't win the Atlant- and they didn't win the Atlantic this year. So, like, he might yeah. – oh, maybe this is my ceiling. Maybe I can do more Tennessee. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. But- well, you see, you bring up Tennessee. People forget he turned down Tennessee, like, after his first few years at NC State. So, I don't know if that – if – what's his – Josh Heupel left Tennessee. Uh, w- would he – want to deal also would he want to deal with the drama that involves with Tennessee I mean Tennessee's filled with a lot of drama uh but this year it seems to cool down a little bit because of the great season Josh Heupel has had so I don't know um but I don't see Dave Doran picking up and leaving for another job I don't know Tennessee might be the only job I could see actually wanting Dave Doran I don't think people are wanting or calling up Dave is like hey Come to Notre Dame. Come to oh hell, no. wherever. What's open know? now? I mean, what's open now is either a step back, or just like he would have to like Oklahoma is not calling Dave Dorn, you know? Right. Yeah. Or if Washington just got filled, right? Washington just got filled. So, but like you know, so these P five jobs aren't coming calling. And like as much as I would love Akron to hire Dave Dorn, he's gonna fucking hang up. <laughs> he says, "Hey, this is Akron AD. Hang up." So. Yeah. You know, definitely not, you know, out of the realm of possibility there. But anyways, let's uh, let's talk to Virginia Tech hire. I want to make sure because I unfortunately am not the best with remembering first name because his name is so similar to Orioles pitcher Paul Fry that I don't want to mess this up. So I obviously don't want to, you know, 
say the wrong thing here, but you know Virginia Tech getting a solid hire here uh, with Coach Brent Pry from Penn State. As a Virginia fan, like I'm thrilled for Virginia Tech. I really am. Like I, I, I genuinely, I always say, this, I don't mind if Virginia Tech's good because it just makes like when Virginia Virginia Tech played in 2019 for the AC Coastal. That was again Virginia won, so that helped. But just even leading up to it, when I thought Virginia was going to lose, it was one of the greatest like just feelings knowing that the game not only meant something for the state, but it meant something around the country. Like, people were watching outside of the state of Virginia, so that was great. But I am scared as hell because this like. From what I understand, from what I've heard, from all the podcasts I was doing, even before he was even mentioned for the Virginia Tech job, this is the guy that's made the pe- the pipeline for Virginia kids to go to Penn State. Now I can keep him in house to the best program in the state. Fuck me, <laughs> like shit. That's not what I want. Like it's probably the same type of feeling that you. I mean, Mac Brown didn't have a state of North Carolina like super tie, like in terms of like recent. Obviously, he did when he was at UNC, but it's kind of the same type of feeling where it's like shit. Like, we already struggled recruiting the state of Virginia. Now the guy that dominates the state of Virginia is coming to the state of Virginia. Like, so I don't know how he's going to be X's and O's coach-wise, but if he gets the right staff around him and he can hire a good OC, holy shit, Virginia Tech has a chance to be the East Coastal contender every year. And, hell, maybe an ACC's representative in the New Year's Six or, dare I say, playoff. I mean, I genuinely think that that is potentially the ceiling for Virginia Tech with this hire. I love the hire in terms of like what it means for the competitiveness of the ACC. I hate it as a Virginia fan. So Virginia Tech fans, congratulations. I think, I think it's the best hire you could have made. I really, really do. I mean, you're not getting Brian Kelly or anything like that. So like, that's the best hire that I think, like, I think it's a better hire than Napier. I think it's a better hire than really anybody that was kind of thrown around. It's definitely a better hire than Hugh Freeze. It's a better hire than Mike Houston at ECU. That's a great job, Virginia Tech. Honestly, great job. Because if anything, you're at least opening Virginia back up to truly be ran by the Hokies. Now, wait, can you say that again? How, why, why do you like him so much? Is it because, like, he, what, what kind of connection does he have with Virginia? He, so, I don't know if you realize this, Penn State, when it comes to the top recruits in Virginia, Penn State over the last five years has gotten the number, like, the number, not the, always the number one, but of the top 10 recruits in Virginia, Penn State gets the most of them. Like, Penn State. Oh. It's been Penn State getting all the D.C., the Maryland, and Virginia kids. Yeah. Like, that's part of the reason why UNC has been able to come in and have so much success in, the, in, in Virginia is because, really, they've only had to compete with Penn State. So if a kid's from, like, where I'm from in Virginia, it's a hell of a lot closer to get to Chapel Hill than it is to get, you know, go north to, to State College. So that now these kids can be literally brought, if you're from where I'm from, 45 minutes away – so, you know, even in the Tidewater area, Tidewater area, four hours away, like he dominated the seven, the, the seven, five, seven. And I can't remember the, I think it's four, three, four for Northern Virginia, I believe, but he, he's been dominating those areas. So now he's going to come in like, and think about it too, Penn State's defensive fronts, the defensive in general, the whole defense, linebackers like Micah Parsons, incredible. Imagine if he gets these kids to Virginia Tech, like, it's kind of like the whole thing with Brent Venables going to Oklahoma. Like at the bare minimum, you're going to have, if he can recruit even at 90% of what he was doing in Clemson, in this case, Penn state, you're going to have a hell of a defensive Virginia tech. So I, I love the hire again, in terms of the competitive nature of the ACC, I hate it though. Though I will say Virginia tech fans, 
you hated Justin Fuente's game game time management, you might hate his because especially if a defensive minded guy, you might not be going for a lot of uh, fourth and ones. You might be punting a lot because <laughs> that's going to be the guy that's going to trust his defense and make a stop. So just be prepared for that. That's my only like I guess rebuttal to it all. Yeah, you know, uh, you're actually the first person that is excited about this. Um, this hire for Virginia Tech because I was at the station today. No one really knew who he was, but the host of our show actually had to look him up just to make sure he's pronouncing his name right. So I'm glad that you're happy about it, and I, that got me a little bit excited too. Maybe he can get some big-time recruits into Blacksburg and make them competitive again. And like you said, Virginia Tech's ceiling is New Year's Six Bowl, without a doubt. They are a great program, and they can do it. Virginia Tech has been in a weird situation where they're a big name, but they're not the biggest name. And unfortunately for them this year, the biggest names have come open. LSU, last night, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, what's uh, Lincoln Riley goes to USC, but now then, then Oklahoma's open and then Florida's open. And then we're still waiting on uh, Manny Diaz might be let go by the end of the season. We don't know yet. Um, a lot of big names, and unfortunately, Virginia Tech was not the top of them. Uh, that's all I really got to say. So I hope this coach works out. He sounds like a like a hell of a recruiter. He could probably dominate Virginia, D.C., Maryland. Probably pull a lot of kids out of uh, North Carolina, which Virginia Tech has done a lot. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I think from what you've told me. Virginia Tech probably did the best they could do with the hand that they were dealt with all the other teams and all the other programs that went open this year. No, I mean, I, I think they, yeah, and this is one of those, like, I'm not going to lie, like, looking at the candidates that were kind of being thrown around for Virginia Tech, like, I, I mean, again, I'm feeling salty because of the whole Virginia Virginia Tech team. But like, what Virginia Tech did, with everything against the back, with their backs against the wall. Like, I, I'm not afraid to say that I think Virginia was the better, like is a better football team than Virginia Tech right now. But just because like the talent on the field might be better does not mean that, that like, they're, they're going to win the game. What Coach Price did as the interim there, like I honestly wasn't anti give him the full-time job, but this be a, maybe a Dabo Sweeney type. Like I wasn't necessarily, like, cause that guy loves Virginia Tech. Like, I, I, I don't, they haven't said whether he's going to be kept, but I hope coach, I hope, I hope they keep him. I hope coach probably keeps him. Cause that guy is Virginia tech. It's kind of like, it was kind of the downfall in my opinion of, of Justin Fuente with, with not being able to keep Foster on board. Like I genuinely don't think Foster was going to retire unless he didn't like coaching. And I think that that was because he didn't like Fuente. Again, I don't know for sure. I don't know coach or I don't know coach Foster. So I don't want to say that this is true or not, but. That's kind of what I picked up on in my opinion on it. So again, that's something that I think is something that's important. I said something a lot there, so I'm going to stop saying that word, but it's, it's a good hire. It's a very good hire in my opinion. I like it a lot. Um, you know, I think that Virginia tech is really, really start cooking in the state of Virginia recruiting wise. And I think that that's something that, you know, that's what tech fans have wanted. It's what Virginia fans want, you know? So it's, it's going to be interesting. Like, Virginia Tech fans, please do not have super high expectations for him next year. Like you have to give him some time to recruit. Like that, this, this was this is a hundred percent a hire for recruiting purposes. It was not because of anything but. 
but you know that is something that I just think that you know again home run hire great job uh, well not home run hire that's a terrible like, I don't want to use that word but like I think that that again you you said it well this that they 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 got the guy they got the guy they needed and I'm, I'm happy with that um, I wish they would have kept Fuente yes but. Yeah, um, I'm sure Coach Clawson's staying in Wakes. I don't see him leaving. I'm just trying to go through, look at all the ACC helmets. Mac Brown, he's got to figure some shit out. Like, this is just ridiculous. Uh, I'm sure as a state fan, you don't mind it, but he really does need to figure some shit out. Uh, Florida State, disappointed there's no bowl game, but, you know, I think they should still hold their heads up high for how they finish the season. Um, you know, you mentioned Miami. So this is something that I thought was interesting. So I don't know if you know, obviously, for those of you that don't already know, I'm an Akron fan. It's my group of five teams. Right now, it is rumored that we're going to be hiring Joe Moorhead, the OC at Oregon, as our head coach. And if we pull that off, talk about instant boner. Sorry if that's TMI, guys, but, like, that would turn me out big time. Like, that would be so sick for Akron. Um, so someone mentioned that part of the reason I think that's happening is because they think that that if Moorhead accepts the Akron job, it's his way of knowing that, that Crystal Ball is out the door and that Oregon's not going to hire him to be the replacement. So that way he's either going to be kept on by the new coach or he's not going to have a job. Now, I don't know if this is true, but if that is the case, that means Manny Diaz might be getting fired, right? And who is who does everyone want Miami to grab? Mario Cristobal. So that is something that I think you got to keep an eye on. Um, I think like there's a chance that Miami might get UCF and Gasparilla Bowl. And if that's the case, or Florida, or they might even get, you know, a bigger name boy. I, mean, I think Sun Bowl might be a possibility. Like, let's say they play the Sun Bowl against Oregon State or Washington. They lose that game, man. Yes, it's fine. I'm telling you that right now. He's yeah, I agree. Harms and fire because they that is a brand. Like, if they, or if they lose to UCF, let's say they get the gas Bowl. I don't think they're going to get punished that lowly because they're seven and five, and there's a lot of six and six ACC teams. So they're going to be a first tier bowl for the ACC. But let's say they just they they get UCF and they lose that one in UCF. He's fired because then you lost to an in-state team. Every in-state team, his last game against them has been a loss. Florida State, UCF, last time I played Florida with a loss. FIU, loss. <laughs> like, the only team he hadn't played yet is FAU. And F it. And he may lose that one. <laughs> Probably not. FAU is actually kind of garbage. Like, holy crap, Boy Tigers tanked that team at the end of the season. But, again – That'll be interesting to kind of follow. That's that's probably, I mean, would, would it be a, a hot take to say that's probably the next head coaching job that would be open in the ACC besides obviously what's open with Cutcliffe right now? Because, I mean, again, actually, you know what, Nick, you want you want my rant or you want to comment on this first before you do my rant? Uh, the only thing the I rant's say. about Virginia. So if you want to finish, like, if you want to make a comment on Cristobal real quick, you might want to do yeah, I uh, the only thing I want to say is I, I think the Lane rumors have kind of died down. I think he's firmly going to stay at Ole Miss, um, which I agree that he should. I don't know why he would leave a program that's already top 10 in the nation and competing in the SEC for Miami. I mean, Miami is not what it used to be. You need someone else to rebuild that program. Um, but I agree. I think if Miami loses their bowl game, uh, Manny Diaz could get fired. But do you think it could it be too late? Like they fire him, who are they going to get? That's uh, like if Crystal Ball goes to Akron. Well, Crystal uh, Ball's not going to Akron. Be Morehead, the OC. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Morehead goes to Akron, 
and Cristobal stays at Oregon, like who who are they gonna get? I don't know. Uh, but I do know one thing. Yeah, I I'm with you that Miami if they lose their bowl game, uh, Diaz is gonna get fired. I I agree with you there. Um, anyways, time for my Virginia rant. Virginia fans, shut the fuck up about firing Bronco Mendenhall. Seriously, shut the fuck out. We're not a fucking national championship program that's in the, the desolates of the country where we're terrible. I get it. We've lost four straight. It's frustrating as hell, especially this last, this, this last game was the worst loss of the season, without a doubt, because they should have won that game. But shut the fuck up. We lost the three straight top 18 teams in college football. You guys watch the ranking show? Yeah, we lost the number 13 or 12 or whatever it is, BYU, number 18 pit, number six Notre Dame. Shut the fuck up. Seriously, I don't want to be that kind of like, I don't want to be rude, but shut the fuck up. I'm so tired of that. You want to call for the DC's head? Fine. But guess what? Two years ago, the defense is what won us the ACC Coastal. Now you want to call for a nice head. Or every other week, it's a nice fault. Then it's not a nice fault. Then it's a nice fault. Then it's not like, you know what? I get it. It's frustrating sometimes that Bronco is so loyal to his staff. But that's Bronco Mendenhall. I saw people tweeting, we want Hugh Freeze. No, the fuck we don't. If you want, if you want to be six and six every year with NCAA scandals, get Hugh Freeze. If you guys didn't realize, Liberty is seven and five playing the softest fucking schedule I've ever fucking seen. We don't want Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze just lost to Army in Louisiana by 40. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Gosh damn it. Like, I get it. We should be better than six. We have one of the best quarterbacks in the country. But guess what, guys? We've been bull eligible the last five years. We've never been, or not never, but it's been a long damn time since we've been able to say that. Oh, rant over. But shut the fuck up, Virginia fans. Give Mendenhall – I get it. It's been six years. He's 1-5 against Tech. We gave Mike London six years. He was 0-6. Al Grow barely beat Virginia Tech. Guys, we've won one game in the last 19 years. It's not like it's Bronco Mendenhall's fault. Oh, wait. He's won the only one. Fuck. Okay, I'm done. Rant over. And he took you to the ACC championship. Right. Like, he took – only ACC championship game <laughs> two years ago, and everyone says the COVID year doesn't count. So then, why are you punishing him for last year? <laughs> Shit, I get it. The defense sucked this year, it's frustrating as hell. But guess what? Who cares? We're six and six. Oh, we should have been four and eight if it weren't for extra points. You're damn right, we should have been four and eight. But guess what? With Mike London, we should have been eight and eight and four, nine and three every year. We were going two and ten. It's the same shit with Virginia basketball. Oh, we're just not good enough. We won a national title two years ago. We're not supposed to win it every damn year. Shit. Some wine and cheese ass shit where they think we're in, like, I'm sorry, I'm about to say this. Virginia fans are like the definition of white privilege. They think they're entitled to everything. Daddy's money can't pay for everything, guys. Life punches you in the face sometimes. Oh. Nick can see my face. My face is red right now because I'm so hot about it. Like, I'm as red as his NC State pen in the background. 
<laughs> that, was, like, that was one of your best rants yes. I think we've ever had. And the fact that you did it all with a smile on your face is so funny. Like, it's I, a joke, man. It's a joke. <laughs> like, I'm just as – I drove – not drove. I traveled from Nebraska to watch that game on Saturday. You guys traveled 30 minutes from your cozy-ass fucking homes to see the same shit I went 18 hours in a different time zone for. And guess what? I'm pissed too, but I'm still repping Virginia. I still give a shit. And I still understand that we have to have, like, I live in the state of Nebraska where people are okay with their coach going three and nine and they're actually a blue blood. <sighs> I'm good now. I'm good. I understand the arguments people want to make, but guess what? We're still going bowling. And for anyone that says we don't deserve to go bowling, shove it up your ass. Andrea. That, that, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. I mean, yeah, I agree with you 100%. They need to chill out. Like, dude, that stretch of the schedule, BYU, uh, Notre Dame, Pitt, Virginia Tech. Like, come on, chill. One of those games, your quarterback was out. The best quarterback in the nation was out. Chill out. And you brought up Nebraska. Did you know that their point differential is zero, Micah? Yeah. In, in Big Ten games. It, it big, it, yes, yes, in Big Ten games. I wish they, they were beat, one in, I wish they were one and eight. No? Yeah, one and yeah, eight. Yeah, one and eight. Yeah, because their one win was against Northwestern. They it was like 49 to nothing. <laughs> and like that is so frustrating. They lost all their games by like a touchdown or less. How fr- no, that's that's terrible. That's terrible. Awful. But hopefully Nebraska could do something next year. But no, you're absolutely right. Uh Virginia fans, chill out. Um, it's gonna take a while. Okay. This is why you're this is like the best stretch your program has had in like 50 years, 30 years. I don't know. So chill, okay? Uh Again, I get it. You, you wanna, you want more. I want more. You think I'm content? Like you think I'm happy that this team ended on a four-game losing streak? As someone that cares so much about this damn program, his entire fall life revolves around Virginia football. Hell no. But guess what? We're going bowling. I still remember. I teared up when I was at the military bowl. It was our first bowl game in my like where I've been a Virginia fan, where I was able to go to games. I was not able to go to games outside of the state of Virginia. Like, or outside of when they were in Blacksburg, because I lived 30 minutes away, and my dad would be nice enough to take me. Like, until 2013. And I remember, again, sitting in the stadium watching Clemson beat the living shit out of us. Chad Kelly is throwing for 200 yards in the third and fourth quarter because Taj Boyd didn't even have to play the second half. It was that damn bad. That wasn't even that. Like, that's, that's probably, that Clemson team would probably get smoked by this Clemson team. This is not even a very good Clemson team in recent years. <laughs> like, it just, oh. But anyways, let's talk college football playoff rankings. Those came out today. Um, ACC got four teams ranked in the top 20. So that's huge. Uh, big fan of that. Um, you know, did you see the rankings yet or no? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. I thought they got it right. I thought it was good. So, I mean, this, again, this is an AC podcast, but let's, let's just call it what it is. We don't have a shot in the playoffs. We got 15th ranked Pitt. 16th, no, yeah, 16th ranked Wake, 18th ranked State, and 20th ranked Clemson. So honestly, that's that's the second most, right? 
The Big Ten's got what? One, two. Yeah, the Big Ten's got four. The Big 12 has three. Like, we're not doing too bad for ourselves. Ten. No, not at all. At the top. I mean, all of them are going to be outside the playoffs. Um, I did get confirmation. I did not know this, but um, because the Orange Bowl is a playoff game this year, they actually do give the rights to an ACC team still. And something that also I think is kind of cool that I did not know, Notre Dame is not eligible for that as well. So that's cool to know. So that means that whoever wins Pitt and Wake will go to New Year's Six. I wasn't so sure about that, but, you know, and I think also, too, there's a good chance they'll, they'll – if Iowa loses in Oklahoma, you know, obviously sitting on the pie, whoever wins that game will probably jump either one of those. So they'll probably move into the top 13 or 12, to be honest, if they win. So that's, that's, they, they basically just set up a 15, 16 matchup. So it's a quality win either way. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is, uh, I mean, the only thing I don't think they got right, Nick, is I think Oklahoma State should be in the top four. I, I think that, like, like I bet you, if Oklahoma State, right, this past weekend, knowing what they even though let's say they already beat Oklahoma, let's say they struggled with five and six Texas, right, or six and five Texas, it's going to dock them. They did not dock Alabama football. Don't get me wrong, Bryce Young whipped his wiener out and just went big balls in that last drive. But at the same time, that's not a quality win. It's a backup quarterback-led Auburn team. You were a 20-some point favorite. You needed four. You needed the two-point conversion bullshit to win. Like, I think Cincinnati's win over ECU is more impressive than beating Auburn. And what's Alabama's best win? Well, I'll tell you. It's 22nd-ranked Arkansas. Or sorry, no, it's 8th-ranked Ole Miss. I apologize. And that's probably the only reason why Ole Miss is ranked eighth, to be completely honest with you. So I, I just don't get it, but it is what it is. Um, you know, again, I think at the end of the day, if Oklahoma State beats Baylor, like basically if Oklahoma State beats Baylor and, all, and Alabama loses to Georgia, they'll jump into the top four. I do yeah. about Cincinnati, though. Though The good thing is Houston is coming in at 21, so at least it'll be a ranked win for Cincinnati if they get the job done. Um, watching them play ECU, they fucked around for about 20 minutes of gameplay. But man, when Cincinnati is rolling, holy shit, they are good. Like, I mean, I get ECU is not a great team, but they had like ECU had nothing for them. Like, it was like watching a hot knife go through fire. It was easy, easy money for Cincinnati. So, I mean, the fact that there's two, four lost SEC teams ranked pisses me off a lot. But Again, it is what it is. I can't complain too much because, again, I did not think there'd be four ACC teams in the top 20, but here we are. So, um, again, and then didn't really – I mean, State moved up, didn't they? It wasn't State 19 or 20 last They year? were 20, so they moved yeah, up. So they moved up for – I mean, like that's telling you there's some stock in beating North Carolina, which I guess. <laughs> but, you know, shout out there. I mean – Nick, let's let's go ahead and let's make our predictions now. I know obviously we're going to do the ACC preview for the championship game probably on Thursday, maybe Wednesday. We'll talk about that after the pod, but I would probably Thursday is my guess. Um, we'll actually go kind of deep dive into that game, quick twenty minute podcast probably. But let's pick your college football playoff, like not like what you think it should be right now. What is it going to be Sunday night? And we'll revisit it when we review the games on 
well, I guess we'll probably just wait till the playoff rankings come out on Sunday to do our review pod. So maybe we can talk about what we think it should have been after the Saturday games. But going into Saturday's games, what do you think happens? Like, does Baylor beat Oklahoma State? Like, uh, I don't, I can't really turn it too much because it'll get messed up in the background. But I have all the games set up, so um, I guess let's go to the important ones here. I mean, who, who's making? I guess who's making the playoffs? Then what's your top? Give me your top six going into next week. Or going into the like, what's the actual final top six? Um, so I think Georgia's going to be one. I think they're going to beat the ever living hell out of Alabama. I mean, if you look at what, if you look at the teams, Georgia and Alabama both have played Arkansas, Auburn, and Tennessee. Alabama, the only team that they really took care of their business against was Tennessee. Other than that, all the other few games that they played, they barely won, and Georgia destroyed them. I think Georgia's going to win the SEC championship. They're going to be the one seed. Number two, Michigan. Uh, I think Michigan is riding with a lot of momentum, and that was one of the most impressive wins I've ever seen uh, to handle Ohio State like they did. Uh, when you're an underdog, uh, and Ohio State was really hot, I think they take care of business of Iowa. I think Iowa is just very lucky to be there because they needed to win, and they needed Wisconsin to lose to a not-so-good Minnesota team. So I think Michigan is going to roll uh, Iowa. So I think they will be two. Here's where it gets a little bit interesting. Um, who is Oklahoma State's only loss? Oklahoma State's loss to Iowa State. Okay. At Iowa State. When they were still ranked. Right. Got re-ranked, I guess, but they were ranked. This is the biggest question um, of the day, is who's going to win the Big 12 championship? This is probably the closest game by point spread. Maybe the wake pit game is a little bit closer. But for playoff purposes, I think this is the closest point spread game um i would like to believe that oklahoma state will win and it's going to be close uh, um so i think oklahoma state will beat baylor in the big 12 championship they will be three and i think cincinnati will take care of business against houston and they will be four and i would actually really like that because we get to see a rematch of the peach bowl between georgia and cincinnati again so that would be really cool. Uh, five, I think Notre Dame moves up one. And then six, I want to say probably Alabama, unless, uh, you know, someone else surprises, which I don't know who else could surprise. This is just conference championships. So we'll see what happens. Um, but that's my playoff for Georgia, Michigan, Oklahoma State, Cincinnati, uh, I, I don't feel a hundred percent on the Oklahoma State pick. I feel like I feel like we haven't had the disappointing Mike Gundy game where Oklahoma State's right there. They can take advantage of the Big Twelve, and they did, and they won, and they're going to the championship, which is great. And shout out to every single Big Twelve team not named Oklahoma and Texas, giving Oklahoma and Texas the big finger to them uh, for. Neither of those teams making the Big 12 championship. I think that's awesome. 
but we haven't had that disappointing game where Mike Gundy has just shit the bed and, you know, so that's what I'm really afraid of. But right now, 11, 30, 20, 21 at 8.32 p.m., uh, that's my four. Georgia, Michigan, Oklahoma State, Cincinnati. Um, Notre Dame might sneak in there, but they need a lot to happen. I like it. I really want to pick Iowa to beat Michigan. I, like, I don't think Iowa's better than that. I think Iowa kind of sucks, to be honest with you. I think, like, I think it's yeah, like, They're lucky think, to be there. I think it's scary that Iowa – like, I think Iowa is the least scariest team that could have came out of the Big Ten West. Like, in terms of, like, looking at teams that could have potentially made it with Minnesota, Wisconsin, even Purdue, to be honest with you. Like, those, I, like, because Iowa has no offense. Like, they might be able to slow down Michigan, but Michigan's probably going to score at least 10 points. But I also feel like, man, Iowa or Michigan, like, gave everything they had for Ohio State. Iowa slept walk. Literally slept walk for three quarters against Nebraska and then went, Oh yeah, we have to play a football game and came back to win. Like, I don't know if you saw that game, Nick. That was horrendous. There was actually an Iowa fan sitting in front of me at the ECU games. We were watching it the whole time. It's kind of funny. Um, during all the pregame stuff, but oh like Nebraska, you were they were up 21 to six going into the fourth quarter and lost 29 or whatever, 30 to 21. <laughs> like, yikes. So know just insane stuff there um but just for like the logistics of it i think my top four is actually the exact same as yours i have number one georgia number four cincinnati number two michigan versus number three Oklahoma state what i thought was interesting is that they're gonna luck out like um sorry i'm drawing my hair michigan's gonna luck out so i don't know if you know this but the Georgia out the Saban tree. So you throw anyone that works for Coach Saban or Nick Saban when the playoff era has always chosen to play in an indoor stadium in their playoff game if they're the higher seed. So that's a super fun fact for you. You would think that Miami would make more sense, right? For you know, Georgia versus Cincinnati, because it's Georgia. Like it's probably a hell of a lot closer to get to Miami than it is to Dallas. The difference is. It's not too much further of a drive, and it's probably just as easy to fly Atlanta to Dallas as it is Atlanta to Miami. And Georgia's a big believer in controlling the controllables. And if you've ever watched a Miami game, there's a chance of rain any every single day. So if it starts downpouring, Georgia might be at a disadvantage. They might not, but they might be. Georgia wants to control the controllables, so I've heard I think that Georgia would select to play in Dallas, which means that Miami – You've got Michigan, Oklahoma State, which that sucks for Oklahoma State because you would think that they'd be playing in Dallas, which would be huge for them. It's a three-hour drive. So that's interesting to say the least. Um, let's play a quick scenario here. Let's play, let's play a little upset. I like this. It's Alabama because if Alabama beats Georgia, Alabama and Georgia are both in. So that kind of takes away some of the fun. So let's, everything is Georgia beats Bama. Iowa beats Michigan. Drawing a blank here, make sure I get them all. Houston beats Cincinnati, and Baylor beats Oklahoma State. Who's your top four? I'm going Georgia one, and then it's a blank. 
Do you go Notre Dame too? You have to, right? Like my my argument is at that point, like it's twelve and one Cincinnati versus eleven and one Notre Dame. Like, can you really tell me that Notre Dame deserves to be two and not nothing deserves Cincinnati deserves to move up to two either for losing? But like, does Ohio State get back in the mix? Mm-hmm. Nine is, is that because Baylor is number nine, so they're kind of far out for a chance to get in. Does Baylor get into the spot? Like, does Ole Miss get a shot at eight? Like, I mean, I think at that point, what would you say? I would say it's number one. Hell, would it end up being, you think it could be number one Georgia and number two Alabama? Like Alabama moves up with the loss? No. That's loss of the three teams. You couldn't justify, in my opinion, keeping Michigan at number two, losing to Iowa. Like, I might say, I I think it's very possible that all three could happen. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. So if that were to happen, Michigan loses, Oklahoma State loses, Cincinnati loses. I think you do one one Georgia. I think you got to do two Notre Dame. I think shoot. You know what? You're either going to have to do two Big 10 teams or you're going to have to put Oregon in there because they have the win against Ohio State. If you put Ohio State in, who's that fourth team? Well, I guess Michigan. I don't know. I, now, now I'm confused. I, I, because Oregon would win their conference championship and be 11 and three, but you would have a 10 and two Ohio State and a 12 and two Michigan. I, I don't know. See, I, I think, think Baylor would get in before Oregon though, because Oregon's number 10 and Baylor's number nine. And, or- and Baylor would have won. That's right. Yeah, and yeah, Baylor would have right. beaten number five, where so Oregon would have beat number 17. So it would be Georgia, Notre Dame, Baylor, and I think you gotta go either Ohio State or Michigan because both have great win. Michigan's win still you know, stands you, you out. Know, you know, you know who they're grabbing, right? They're they're grabbing Alabama. If it's that, they're grabbing Alabama because that would be two lost Michigan, two lost Ohio State, two lost Alabama. Two of those. And teams- the stupid thing is, is that we both know that Alabama doesn't deserve it, that Michigan and Ohio State have better wins and have won a lot more convincingly than Alabama has all year. That's the dumbest thing. I, mean, I would say if, 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 if all this scenario played out, here's how I would rank it. it again, this is not based off the key CFB rankings right now. I would go number – wait, this is my opinion. This is not how it's going to go. This is how I would want it to go. Number one, Georgia – Number two, Notre Dame. Number three, Baylor. Number four, Cincinnati. I think that Notre Dame, that if, if you have a win or someone in the playoff right now, they'd be the only team with a win with a, with, against somebody in the playoff. Yes, you just lost to a top 25 team. So, like, if Houston beats Cincinnati, they'll be ranked higher. higher. They already are ranked higher than Texas A&M, who, oh, by the way, Alabama just lost two. So one loss, two loss. Hmm. Like, and if you go, well, Georgia's a good loss, then why is Clemson only 20? Like, at that point, Clemson's almost in the same conversation as Bama. Two loss, three loss. Yeah. All the ranked teams. So, 
I mean, I think I think in a way though, I think I think this is how, how it actually plays out when I think about it. That would all happen. One Georgia, two Notre Dame, three Alabama, number four Baylor. And the reason why I say that is I think that that they would because Alabama's at three now, they won't punish him that hard for a loss, and they won't be able to justify Baylor as two losses getting six spots. They'll say Alabama is unequivocally better than Baylor, who are both two losses. Yeah, that would be the case there, and and also too, it would avoid a rematch of the SEC championship game in the semifinals at least. Fuck, I kind of don't want that chaos now, to be honest with you. That's the beauty of this season, man. Yeah, now that's it's kind of beauty. That's the beauty of this season is that usually every year we get down to it. It's like, okay, if you went, we, we kind of already know who's going to get in and who's not. There's still so much chaos and not every team in the country is playing next week. A lot is going to happen. I don't know. We could see that scenario and it's not out of the realm of possibility at all. Michigan could lose. Cincinnati could lose. Alabama is probably going to lose. I mean, Oklahoma State. We know Mike Gundy could trip up a lot. I don't know. This is going to be a very fun championship weekend, and I can't wait for it. Uh, do you put 11 or 12 and 1 San Diego State in? <laughs> no, because I want 12 and 1 UTSA at that point. <laughs> but. Yeah. Oh man, did they? You know. You know the best. You know, Nick. You know the best part. Oh my God. Nick, you know the best part. If um, Cincinnati loses to Houston, they're probably not even going into a New Year's Six bowl game. Because the rule for the New Year's Six is it's the highest ranked Group of Five conference champion. Yeah. Now, Cincinnati could steal an at-large bid from somebody like Michigan State, potentially. But are they going to do that? Will the committee really let them do that? I'm going to go with no. Maybe. Man, Saturday is going to be fun. Or Friday. Well, Friday will be fun, but Friday is just Houston and Pac-12, so not a huge college football. Like, you know, for Saturday, you've got a huge game at noon, two games at four, and then Obviously, the biggest game at 8 o'clock with Wake Forest and Pitt. And I guess you have the Iowa-Michigan game, too. That's somewhat relevant. And don't forget, guys, 11 o'clock Eastern, USC and Cal, 4-7 and seven versus 4-7. and seven. Dial in to FS1, baby. Dial it in. But anyways, Nick, that's all I've got. Um, I think we're just going to – Nick, we haven't talked about this yet, but I say we just talk basketball uh, this weekend. Once the Big Ten Challenge is over and everything like that, there's no point in really – previewing when two games have already been played there's games going on right now Purdue is currently beating Florida State by 14 with 16 minutes to go in the second half um it's kind of frustrating for Florida State but I mean let's be honest Purdue is probably the best team in the country right now um or Duke <laughs> so but anything you want to add Nick before we wrap this one up that was a fun fun weekend um and I don't regret it anything that I did to make me sick. Not that I did anything crazy anyway, but uh, fun weekend. Uh, rivalry week is probably my favorite week of college football. Um, there's nothing like it. You could be having 
You could be 0-11. And going into rivalry week, if you beat your rival, everything feels really good. So that's why it's so awesome. I love it. Um, Fun weekend. Uh, Can't wait for the ACC championship. I know we're going to preview that a little bit later on in the week. Um, Oh, real quick. Let's go to our one little Twitter question, then we can wrap it up. Uh, just wanted to say real quick, we miss you guys a lot. We miss the interaction. Um, we just have, you know, have been very, very busy with the holidays and traveling and, you know, our schedules didn't meet up, but thank you for the Thanksgiving, uh, wishes and everything. Um, that was very nice of everyone. So shout out to everyone that DM'd the, uh, FQ just means less Twitter account. Um, Let's go to Pit Fan Aiden, who has now changed his name to 10 Win Pit Panthers. Uh, he goes, Man, I'm so happy Pit finally got over that hump of six to eight wins. 10 wins in the regular season is huge for this program. Yes, WMU and Miami still sting, but man, they got to uh, 10 wins with the chance at 12. Couldn't be happier. Not same old Pit this year. 100% agree. Uh, I think Micah deserves a lot of credit because he uh, called out Pitt and said, watch out. They are the, they're my dark horse team. They could absolutely win the coastal Kenny Pickett's back. And it looks like he might be going to New York for the Heisman ceremony, which is really awesome. Uh, He won, I think first team, all ACC, which is great. So good for him. That was a, I mean, Good for him with this league of quarterbacks with Devin Leary, Sam Hartman, Sam Howe, um, and Brendan Armstrong. Pitt, unbelievable season. They absolutely deserve to go. Yeah, the, you can look back on those two losses, and they sting a lot because they were so close. I could pretty much say the same thing as an NC State fan for two of our three losses. Uh, but absolutely, uh, Pitt deserves it. Great season for them. Um Guys, keep commenting at us. We love your comments. We love the interaction. So um, that's all I pretty much got. I can't wait to preview the ACC championship. Can't wait to talk about college basketball next week. Uh, Anything else, Micah? No. I mean, that kind of wraps it up. I mean, Saturday's going to be fun. Like, not being college football, yes, but Pitt and Wake Forest is going to be a fun game. I mean, I expect points. Yeah, two of the best quarterbacks. Did Sam Hartman win second team ACC? Uh, no. Uh, or yes, he did. Sam won second, and because it, it was because it was Pickett, Hartman, Armstrong, Howell, Leary, which I still think Leary deserved more votes than Howell. But oh, same here. But I mean, I I don't think Devin Leary should have won first, second, or third. To be completely with you, I just I think that. You look at those teams and which one had the best defense. Like, who could have been not most replaceable, but like, if you had to line those teams up, let's say each team had their quarterback off the field for three drives, who do you feel comfortable them coming back on the field, not down 21? Santa simply Devin Leary and NC State. Now, don't be wrong, he's put up incredible numbers. But I also think you you have to kind of use some of the human aspect of it of like, like when Armstrong was down for Virginia and they had the drive with Jay Wolford, I almost shit myself against Tech. I was ready to like that was it for me. I was like, we're screwed. And there's nothing wrong with Jay Wolford. It's just Armstrong is, is that guy for us. If 
Pitt has to go away from Kenny Pickett, they're probably not winning the ACC Coastal. Hartman and Wake, same thing. Like, again, not that Leary's not replaceable either, but I trust that defense where, let's say, State's up seven when he gets out and misses three drives. I don't think State's losing when he comes off the field. Comes back on the field. Like, they might be tied, but they're not losing. Where with Virginia, they're probably down 14. With Wake, they're down either 14 or seven, depending on which Wake defense is here. And the same argument we made for Pitt, they're probably down seven. So that's kind of where I look at it that way. But, um, yeah, honestly, going to be a damn good game. Nick, I think uh, I think you can start preparing for either San Diego or uh, – I mean, I still think you guys should – I think the Duke Mail should go after you. But it sounds like they're – I hope so. I, it sounds like they're pretty content with going a little bit smaller. I can tell you right now, NC State fans, I know you think you deserve the Gator Bowl. I'm not saying you don't. They don't want you. You've been there too much. They're done with you. Like they want that you've you've let them down too many times. They're they want a break. So you're not going. I can tell you right now. I know somebody at the Gator Bowl. I will bet you five hundred thousand dollars they're not going to Gator Bowl this year. So you can cross that one out. Cheese It Bowl is a possibility, but that's probably honestly going to go to the loser of Wake versus Pitt. Now, if Wake gets or sorry, me if Pitt gets shelled by Wake, then maybe they can make the argument for State because State didn't pull Pitt. So maybe they might go, well, State will be higher, so we'll put them there. But that's probably how it's going to work is the loser go to the Cheez-It Bowl and the winner is going to go to the, you know, probably the Peach Bowl, I guess. So you got those two teams there. And then, you know, really the next best bowl for you is the Holiday Bowl, which, I mean, San Diego is nice, but that's going to be a hell of a travel for NC State fans. I kind of feel bad for them. That's why I think the, the Duke – like, the Duke Mail Bowl is smart, man. NC State and South Carolina would be a fun matchup. That place would be packed. And the best part is – NC State could clobber them. It'd be beautiful. So It'd be nice. But, you know, I've heard Virginia still potentially going to Duke's Mail Bowl. Like, no offense, Duke Mail Bowl. I think you're better than two six and six teams that just got shit on by the rival in the last week of the season. Do whatever you want. I'm not going to say no. Um, but anyways, that'll wrap this one up. Thank you to everybody listening. Always just means a little bit less here to see country and uh, go ACC.